Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how to get more confident asking for money. And the reason that I wanted to put this one in is because in doing the research for this 90-day Sponsorship Success Academy that I'm working on that's going to take place in October, I surveyed a bunch of you, and thank you to everyone who, who filled out that form, and so many of you were saying that your your biggest barrier to sponsorship is just having the confidence to put yourself out there, to ask for the money, to make the pitches, etc. So I wanted to cover that today. And as always, I'm here with the wonderful Toby Trice. How are you doing today, Toby? <laughs> the wonderful Toby Trice. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm great. Yes, I'm great. I'm looking forward to the next uh, next race weekend, which is a week away. I'm yeah. probably testing next this time next week. So um, cannot wait. Looking forward to it. And uh, I know you're coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be my first Friday to Sunday race weekend in, I don't even want to say how long, too long. So yeah, wow. I'm I'm buzzing. Awesome, mate. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to catch up. Because be uh, these podcasts are nice to catch up with, but there's nothing like seeing you face to face and having yeah, a good Yeah, it's not so. the same, is it? Maybe we can record another little live snippet for everyone while we're there. Yeah, I think we should. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and hopefully definitely. some more wins, which would be nice. But I'm looking forward to this podcast today, Jess, because um, confidence is is a massive, massive topic. As as you know, the drivers have has kind of come back to you on your on your um, survey, and it's a, it's a big it's a big topic of debate, big question. It's a big thing for for drivers' confidence. As much as on track confidence is key, so is when it comes down to you know asking money from sponsors. That's a that's a big thing to do, and it requires a lot of confidence. So can't wait to get in today and talk about all these these topics we've got coming up yeah and I actually think you're a great example to kind of showcase this because I think about how you talk about your sponsorship approach now compared to how you talked about it when you first did six weeks to success yeah and like how just just in the way you talk and it obviously is coming through in your actions just just how how much easier it feels now yeah it's mad like when I come back to you know rewinding over two years ago now that 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 first kind of like sponsor discussions I had and that first kind of budget that I planned and obviously then went out and, and seek sponsorship that was a very scary time whereas now like you know I still get nervous I'm still excited there's still kind of anxiousness etc but my confidence is is on another level and, and I'm confident now in what I'm what I'm asking for sponsors and how I approach it and yeah it's it's quite amazing just the transformation in you know what is really a short space of time mm. and it's leading for for great success which I'm you know grateful for 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 that six weeks course that you've done Jess and and the book <laughs> you know I still refer to the book you know it's still still I still pick it up still read it still look at it and that that constantly embraces what I'm offering to to my sponsors where do you think that this confidence confidence has come from I imagine it comes from a number of places because I think about my own journey with becoming confident ringing people going hey give me some money or get stuff out of it so you know for you what what has been kind of like the cornerstone of that the the, the cornerstone for me really rewinds right back to obviously when I first started studying with you and, and kind of you mentoring me of all this journey is is knowledge is power knowledge has given me all the tools to start practicing and mm. without that knowledge you know I had a basic idea and a rough kind of idea of what I needed to do but I wasn't confident in in going to a sponsor and asking for x y and z for re return on x um and since I've kind of worked with you in the six weeks to success course and this ongoing kind of process my knowledge is built which has allowed me to feel much more comfortable and confident with with my friends the sponsors so I think that really is the cornerstone and then everything kind of branches out from that point yeah and I, I feel like a lot of drivers are in in your kind of position especially anyone that's been absorbing racing mentors social media or maybe a few blog posts 
you kind of know what you should be doing in that we have to go to a business and offer something of value in exchange for money. It's actually quite simple, but I think that the real confidence comes in knowing like every different permeation of what you might need to do. So like if they come back and be like, well, COVID, knowing how to handle that, or if they come back saying, I'm really interested, and then you just don't hear from them again, what do you do there? Or, you know, even if they they come on board, just knowing what you're supposed to do to actually provide the value that you've offered. I think that is so important, but even just having the validation that what you think is correct is actually correct. And it's backed up by a blog post, a podcast, a book, whatever it might be. I think that is actually really powerful. And it, like you say, it gives you the the chance to put all of this knowledge into practice, knowing that you're doing the right thing rather than just kind of muddling through. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Because without that knowledge, how can you start practicing, you know, pitching for sponsors and then like, where do you go? <laughs> and, and I think like you've just mentioned kind of some of the objections that you might get, you know, regards to like COVID and budget and is there value, et cetera. Sponsors, you know, generally will come back to you and say, these are our obligate, you know, these are our, our kind of like, situation of, of of where we're looking at, at the moment but then when you've got that knowledge you you can confidently go back to that sponsor and say well if we do this then this is the return it will give you and if you can demonstrate that in a in a kind of um, logical clear way that they can understand then really you're you're actually showing them that actually look this is the right way to go for them and i know we've we you know going back to previous episodes we've talked a lot about research and understanding your sponsor prior to even going for a pitch obviously that's really really important but having those skills and that kind of foundation behind you when you then start practicing to actually pitch to sponsors it it all makes sense like it makes sense in your own mind Mm. and then when it makes sense in your own mind when you then go and talk to sponsors it's really clear as day to them and it should lead you to big deals and Mm. and that's the winning chemistry right there absolutely and I think that for everyone even if you have all the knowledge in the world those first pitches that you send out the first phone calls that you have that the first time you say yes I want a hundred thousand pounds for this is gonna be scary you know it's (laughs) supposed to be scary and that's fine but the more you do it the more it becomes the norm like it's like when you go into a new job everything you do at first is like oh is that the right thing to do but the more you do it, the more you become confident. And it's just it's just the thing that you do. Yeah. And obviously when you're asking for like big amounts of money, it's, there's always going to be a sense of, oh God, have I, you know, I oversold, have I undervalued, you know, have I got this right? Because we all have that kind of, you know, that self-esteem thing of, am I really worth this? But, but practicing helps you realize that actually, yes, you do. Because eventually you will get some people saying yes. And then that is the validation that you need to be like, right, I did the right thing. Yeah, there's a couple of points I want to take from that, Jess, because um, you've made a really, really good point is that, you know, kind of getting out there and doing it is is really, really, really important. Most drivers that listen into this podcast have either are either already racing, they're either working with some sponsors, but looking to level up or um, some of you may may not even be racing yet or even have gone to a sponsorship pitch i rewind back to when i first went to one of my sponsors my first sponsor i signed up i wasn't even a racing driver i hadn't got my race license and i just had a bit of karting but i believed in in what i was offering and and it was so so scary going to that meeting jess i remember actually ringing you straight afterwards buzzing <laughs> because within that that hour and a half meeting i had with with this sponsor we, we signed a, a, a five-figure deal which is just absolute bonkers and i, and I want to use that as a bit of inspiration because I hadn't got my race license. I didn't even own a race suit helmet. You know, I literally just a bit of carton prior to that that meeting. And here I was pitching for quite a big deal, and 
I landed it, you know, I, I landed it. And the feeling afterwards was just incredible. And I kind of want to reflect on that to like the, the very first race. Everyone or most people here that have listened to this will, will have had a, a first race, whether that is in go-karts or on on, on circuit in a, in a car. And the nerves and the kind of build up and all the anxiousness, but you don't have a choice. There's a, at some point you're getting in that car. At some point you're going to get on that grid, do your first warm up lap. And the first time you see the lights go out, it, it will happen. It, you know, you're in that day. It's just going to happen. And I think when we're forced into that scenario after that race, you're feeling like on top of the world, like it's the most electric, amazing feeling, but you've kind of like been pushed and edged towards that time. Whereas when it comes to sponsorship pitching, it's only you that's pushing yourself forward to actually go and get mm. that pitch done. There's not like a, a, a agreed time to actually get it done. You've actually physically got to sit down, plan it, book an appointment and then go to that meeting. Um, and the feeling is very much the same in my opinion, Jess, mm. like the feeling of that kind of success afterwards is just as for me, I get so much buzz out of racing, but equally I get the same sort of buzz as landing a, a sponsor. I think it's just as exciting because I can't wait then to work with that sponsor and actually do some stuff with them. And that brings me to an, another point really is, is that enjoying that part of it, A, reflects to that sponsor that, that they trust and believe you because that naturally come through. But it's, it's blimmin' exciting. It's so mm. exciting. So feel it and live it and, and you'll you'll get success. I think that's such a good analogy as well. The fact that I think, you know, doing the race thing and doing the sponsorship thing are actually very similar. Like you gather all of the knowledge of like what you need to do. So like where your breaking points might be watching the videos about, you know, um, onboard track footage, doing it on the sim, you're gathering all that knowledge. But then you know that you're not actually going to get good at being on track until you've practiced, which is why we which is why we test, which is why we do the sim, you know, which is why we don't expect big wins in our first race. But like you say, you just get out there and do it. And there's never, you know, any question that, oh, I just need to, you know, I just need to learn a bit more. I just need to watch another video. You just go out and you race when you're able to. But sponsorship, because there isn't that deadline, you don't do it. But also, I think because sponsorship it has the ability to really, really change your life, I think we're reluctant to do it because something big might come out of it. And that's actually really scary. And often this is, a subconscious thing yeah but this is why people put stuff off so if you are one of those people who's like oh yeah i'm just going to do a bit more research on this sponsor or i'm not going to ring them yet i'm just going to look at their instagram maybe like some of their posts but you've been doing this for the last six weeks the last two months the last year whatever it might be work out why you're putting it off what is the reason is it a fear of rejection? Is it because you think you actually might get a ton of money and then you actually have to go and buy a race car, <laughs> you know, race a thing and do do something scary? Is it because you know that if this goes well, you're going to have to have the difficult conversation about quitting your job? There's always something behind why we stall on these things. Yeah. So I just want to make the point that work out what it is and it'll be easier to kind of just do it and get out there because that's the biggest thing you can do just go send a pitch go do it right now pause the podcast send a pitch it's so true because I, I just want to reflect actually on when I when I kind of sent my pitch email to to my one of my main sponsors in 2019 and I remember writing this email out and I kid you not I sat there with a cup of tea and I had it written in front of me and I must have read it a hundred times is it okay is it okay and I think I sent it to you Jess mm. um and uh, I remember sat there hovering over the send button and it was a good hour of just literally like, mm. and then I sat there and goes, what am I doing myself? Why am I, why am I worried about the response of this email? If I click go, I'm going to get a binary answer. 
am I going to get a meeting? Yes. Or am I not going to get a meeting? No. And it was, it was at that kind of moment. Where I was like, well, if I don't send it, I'm never going to know. And if it comes back with a no, there'll be a reason why. And there'll be a way I can kind of like explore it further. Or if I get a meeting, it could, like you say, Jess, could literally transform and change my life. And that click of a button saying send, I actually got an email back from the sponsor literally 20 minutes later saying, this is literally brightened up my day. I've had such a bad day. Um, things have been really difficult lately. There's been some challenges, etc. cetera. Um, yes, I'd love to talk about this. It sounds really refreshing. And it was like, oh my God, I've got, I've got a date in the diary. You know, it was like, oh my God, this is such an amazing moment. And actually my email cheered him up it cheered this this person up and it, it was like something refreshing to then talk about and I think we had the meeting just over a week or so after and that conversation carried on it was like it was an opportunity to sort of talk about the challenges they faced and things like that and then I could say well actually I can help out those challenges you faced and then you know the conversation went on from there and I landed the deal and you know I've had no's and I kind of want to bring this on to the next point is that you know you're going to get no's but that's fine because the ones that say yes, it's you know they're the ones that they're the ones that count, and they're the ones that you want to work with, and they're the ones that understand your true value, and having all that knowledge and all that preparation prior to that, when you get those yeses, they just feel like insane, yeah. <laughs> probably insane. Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, and you know I think one thing to do if you are sending out a load of pitches and you get some yeses, some nos, some you know nothings, just reflect on on those pictures you know why might that particular company have said no to what you sent over is it just that you know you missed the mark a bit maybe you needed to do a small bit more of uh, of research maybe they just are in a position that they can't sponsor at the moment because sometimes you know as much as I say that you know often businesses will have the money to sponsor you you just have to kind of convince them and give them the business case money is still tight for businesses yeah so as much as they might want to they still might say no, but that's that's kind of your chance to continue that relationship for the future. So look at what you can can learn from every single pitch that you send out, um, even the ones where you get a yes. Why did that one work? Why did that business say yes? Um, because it will help you in future pitches. And if you can really like hone and refine what you're doing, you're going to have more confidence going into the next pitch because you know the things that work. Yeah, and I just want to touch on something you said then, Jess, about kind of keeping relationships open. Um, I've just recently been chatting to a sponsor um, who who doesn't sponsor me, um, but but may well do in the future. Um, and the reason why that might happen is because the conversation's open. We we constantly converse and chat and and discuss things, and the relationship is building all the time. So that in the future, I'm really there to to facilitate what they want when they can do it when they're able to and something that was in the conversation with this particular person just recently is that they get really really annoyed is that when drivers pitch them and and they they try and go for a sponsorship deal and they've said no because of whatever reason budget um time whatever and then the conversation literally stops yeah that that person said to me it's like then that the minute they can't get money from me they're not interested in chatting to me mm-hmm. and, and that's a really important point to, to learn for for all of you guys out there is that relationships just because a sponsor has said no to the deal that you've offered right now if you then just ignore them you're never ever gonna get a conversation to deal with them again because the next person that's going to chat to them particularly if they're already involved in motorsport this is a small community and they will trust and and go with the people that they see doing the right things that are also building a relationship up with them Mm. and when you look at kind of what you're offering to a sponsor currently and and 
you know, I've learned a lot over the two years and my kind of offerings to sponsors have, has definitely changed as I've learned and established where kind of my value lies and how I, I prefer to work with sponsors. That might mean that that adaption that you have and as you grow as a driver and, and what you can offer to sponsors might mean that it ends up fitting with that person that when you first pitched to them, you wouldn't have provided value because it wasn't right for them at that time. But then as you've established yourself and learned and kind of, refined what you offer to your sponsors when it comes to the, the following year you might have put yourself in a really good position where actually you can really help that sponsor but mm. if you've not conversed with them over the last 12 months because they said no to your original pitch you're never going to get them because they're just going to go well why haven't you got why haven't you spoke to me in like yeah. last 12 months where have you gone now you want money like when i couldn't when i couldn't do a deal you didn't want to chat to me and i think they're really key learning points and that's something that's really quite an interesting conversation we had a long hour chat about this the other day but it's an important point to note yeah absolutely and i hear horror stories from businesses who say you know so and so sent me a great pitch i had to say no and then the only time i heard back from them was a year later when they asked me for money again and i said no but not because we didn't have the money i said no because they clearly that's all they want they don't yeah. care about the business they don't care about you know the person all of that relationship building to begin with was fake all of that kind of thing and it's so obvious and also businesses talk to each other yeah. like i i have such a uh, i have a list of racing drivers that have misstepped with businesses that businesses have come and told me about okay. and they're talking to each other as well so just bear that in mind <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're going to be, if you're one of those people, and I'm sure you're not one of these people because you listen to this podcast, so you are obviously of a, a certain level of person. But there are drivers out there who are rude in return with a just a huge sense of entitlement when someone says no. Don't yeah. be like that. It's no, not going to get you not. anywhere. <laughs> absolutely not. But I just want to provide a little tip to this, Mark, actually, because when you've spoken to lots of different companies, lots of contacts, etc., it's actually quite hard to remember to message them because, you know, your busy calendar can get in the way and then you can go mm. six months and go oh my god I've not spoke to that person Um, what I've actually got is a is a very simple spreadsheet of all my contacts and the people that I that I continually want to build relationships with that, that I believe I can provide value to and likewise they can provide value to me etc um, and the list is huge absolutely huge but it literally is a really simple thing I've got the name the contact preference whether it's email phone call depending on on the contact and then the last time I spoke to them and what and the little brief kind of what was it about and it actually just helped remind me because sometimes my busy life just gets in the way and I think oh I need to I haven't spoke to that person in a little while and a little scan through there and I go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give them a quick call or a quick email and just say how the, how things are going. And it's just, it's just a way of staying organized. It's not a, really a thing that I use to, to think that they're kind of just future sponsors. It's just a way that I can just stay organized and just go, oh, fuck me, I forgot that person. I haven't spoke to them in a month. Let's just quickly catch up. And it might mm -hmm. just be a quick conversation with someone, but actually it's just, just a little tip to stay organized, I suppose. Don't know if that's that's a good tip. No, that's, su that's super helpful. I'm, I'm in the process of working out a sponsorship plan for this new course that I'm working on. And I have a big list of potential partners and people that I know are interested in what Racing Mentor is doing. Yeah. Actually, I don't have a spreadsheet and, you know, I love a spreadsheet. So maybe that's a good tip for me to to start doing that and making it a bit more organized rather than just here's the list of cool people that I know, which is what it is <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but it is, isn't it? And the, and the kind of the, the more you're in the racing world, your contacts list always builds because you're always chatting to people. You're always kind of meeting people in the paddock and it's very easy to get lost in, in all these hundreds of contacts you might have. Mm. And staying organized is really important. And it's something that I'm 
not great at, but I work at all the time with journaling and kind of spreadsheets and stuff and it helps so much. So yeah. And another tip for this actually is if you use Twitter to use Twitter lists. So yeah, add the decision makers and the brand accounts to a list on Twitter. So you can just browse through everyone that you want to chat to. So if you can see something that you've got in common or, you know, you see that someone's doing something that you can say, oh, hey, I saw that you did that event. It's a great way to like keep the conversation going, but make it easy for you to find out those conf- conversation points. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually, because that's just an easy social media app that's on your phone. Yeah. Most people got it. And you're going to be scrolling anyway, so you may as well scroll through people who are, you know, important and interesting. <laughs> yeah, and just people that you kind of want to hang out with and yeah. do, do cool stuff with. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what this space is for. Might as well a cool place. Yeah, totally. So um, I, I know that it can be really disheartening if you are pitching to lots of people and you're, you're getting no's or you're just getting, you know, tumbleweed. But I, something that really helps me, and obviously I've done a lot of pitches, um, most of them unsuccessful in the grand scheme of things because you only need like one or two yeses to to really change things but I always try to remember that it's not failure if you learn from it yeah true so uh, with anything that goes wrong in my life I don't get stressed about it because I know that I can learn from it and it's very very rare that anything happens that you can't learn something from so whether that's learning something about yourself your approach a business whatever it might be so if you are feeling a bit disheartened, kind of reframe it and think, okay, well, I've learned so much from this. Let's go again and change things. So, you know, based on what I've learned, change things so it's going to be more impactful in the future. Yeah, and it's really important to reflect on things like that, isn't it? Because mm. it, it, everywhere around you, there's always lessons learned, even when things go well. And when, like I say, when things don't go so well, there's so many things you can learn from it. And I've certainly definitely, you know, adapted things from, you know knows that I've had and you know there's times where I've actually put a pitch together and it's come back and I was like actually it didn't really work for that sponsor like I've really not done my homework there and I've you know taken some notes and gone again with someone else and mm. yeah just refine refine right it's just the case of being positive about it isn't it you know don't take no's as a negative thing be optimistic and positive I think is, is the kind of mind frame that you need to have with this don't don't yeah. let that kind of don't let that kind of stop you because uh everyone out here rocks <laughs> we rock the racer mentor community rocks so um, we Absolutely. can offer some awesome things to sponsors and um, just keep yeah keep learning and, and don't stop refining what you do and offer and I actually have a personal story that that's quite relevant here so I got chatting to a, a company that I was desperate to work with and it was really really positive we had a phone call and the decision maker basically said okay I love this idea tell me how you're going to make it happen I was like, great, that, that's like, I'm just in. We just need to agree the details. Yeah. I spent hours mocking up <laughs> things, creating a proposal. And then it was just kind of like, I just didn't get any reply. And it was just, he. when I followed up, he was like, oh, I've been busy. And then he tried to offer me something else that wasn't really relevant and complete. It was totally nothing to do with the pitch. And then I followed up a few more times and then it, it all got a bit weird. Like he just would not reference what I'd offered, which was quite big and very specific. And I realized that actually this isn't someone I want to work with. That like the, the way that that was approached was a big time waste for me. And it didn't really go in the direction I wanted. And I was just really annoyed. But now... firstly I've learned from it I've learned that actually that company is not right for me which is great I can set my sights elsewhere but also I now have the best all singing all dancing proposal (laughs) that I just need to find for the perfect company yeah so 
you know, I learned a lot from that. And it, it is disheartening, especially if you have put a lot of time and effort into something. But there's so much good that can come out of just what you learn from that. And it probably can help you get a, another sponsor in the future. Yeah, and, and I really like what you just said there, Jess, because that's that's a really positive way of looking at it because there could be many out there that would do, would do that work and just get disheartened and go, well, my pitch must be rubbish or it mustn't meet needs and, it, it like, you know, I'm a bit meh kind of thing. But actually, you, you really understand the value that you're going to bring to that company. And obviously, it wasn't right for that, that particular company for whatever reason. But all you need to do now is find one that actually sees that value that you're offering. And because you believe in that, that will happen. That that will happen. And I can't wait to hear in future podcasts, yes, when when that does happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> that rocks. I think what's interesting as well is it shows my level of confidence as well. Like I, yeah. it hasn't knocked me. I was a bit annoyed that I spent time and it wasn't going anywhere. But it hasn't knocked my confidence because I know that that pitch and that campaign was shit hot. Yeah. And someone will snap it up just for the press coverage it would generate alone. So I I think that, you know, you'll get to a point, everyone will get to a point where if you get a no, you're like, well, joke's on you. I know this is going to work for someone else. Yeah. And you and, just and move that, on. And, and yeah, you can argue that that's the kind of right attitude. Um, mm. and, it, and that's like the racing driver's bad attitude, you know, isn't it? If you don't quite get the win next time around yeah i'm gonna get the win you know i'm gonna get it and having that hunger and desire is important isn't it and it mm. keeps you keeps you burning for great success and i think that's where i kind of want to move on to the next point jess really is that you know celebrating your successes is yeah. is super important because right there in your example um you've actually celebrated that you've put a really really good pitch together and there's really good value there and you know that that's going to work for someone so having that mindset that you're celebrating that success gives you that confidence then so that when you do find the right contact you know that that is going to be the the, the best thing you can offer them and and every success matters whether it's something really really small to you know i look at myself and getting things organized you know i'm i'm constantly working on trying to be organized and, and making sure I'm quite productive and because my time is very finite I, I I celebrate that I'm like cool I've this week's been amazing I've actually done x y and z done it on time to even celebrating you know a big sponsor deal or potentially race win um, yeah. <laughs> which I've yeah. recently celebrated but you know keeping that celebration there of every single win every single positive thing you do it's just in, it's just like a contagious thing really it just continues to drive you forward to actually you're taking steps forward of your your race career which is um ultimately what we're here for this is why at, at the beginning of every coaching call i do and every like course call i do if it's like six weeks or something like that i ask people to share their wins because yeah if i just asked how people are they would say well i didn't get any sponsorship this week yeah when actually no what i want you to tell me is how you sat down and you wrote a pitch at 5 a.m before you had to go to work at six because yeah, little things like that are the things that are going to you know change this narrative for you always being like well i didn't get sponsorship well i didn't get sponsorship okay but, but what did you do what are you doing to get closer to that and celebrating even the tiniest things like i hit send and i didn't agonize over it for an hour i just did it or like you know i went out and i bought a book or i listened to a podcast while i was at the gym whatever it might be celebrate those things and you'll feel more positive as a whole because yeah it can it, like we say it's it's disheartening getting a lot of no's so look for the things that went well because yeah. it's going to make you feel better about the whole process and it makes it easier yeah definitely and i love that jess because i think that that really rewinds me back to the six weeks to success course and which is why i'm so excited about your new course coming up towards the end of this year because having that kind of like community of people that are in a forum 
live on a call together and you're all talking about your wins however big or small they might be between you that really really like kind of establishes a really positive mindset for that session and something that I know really drove me to make sure that you know the following week I want to come back and tell the guys that I've done this and this has happened and and that constantly built throughout the course so mm. I cannot wait for your next course, Jess, because uh, I can't wait to be hearing all the drivers' success stories. I know, it's going to be great. uh, Yeah, it's going to be mega. And also, um, it's called the Success Academy, so it's going to be much easier to say than both of us trying to work out how to say six weeks to success without (laughs) tripping over our words. Jess, I've practiced that so much now. I remember the first interview I did with you, and you was like, just remember to say it properly, and I was like, six weeks, and I couldn't get it out. (laughs) That's why I call it six weeks most of the time. Yeah, Success Academy (laughs) sounds... Yeah. Sounds more simple, but um, yeah. but yeah, that's what it's all about, <laughs> isn't it? Getting success. So um, another thing that, that I want to mention, kind of, I guess, before we wrap up and kind of move into our final points is that sometimes if you're getting overwhelmed and you're not getting the work done, take a step back. Yeah. Look at what you're doing objectively and and don't get kind of caught up in what's going on in your head. So for me the, the the way that i often do this is like at the end of the week i'll do like a okay what went well this week because i'm celebrating my wins where is there room for improvement so not where, what went wrong but where could i improve because again that's more positive um thinking yeah. and then also what i'm looking forward to next week that's t- that tends to be my kind of my reflection but you can do this just by brainstorming as well and i feel like just resetting and brainstorming like okay what do I need to do what's going to have most impact is a really good way to just kind of reset yourself and almost start again yeah and and that's something I do Jess because I quite I quite often get overwhelmed with lots of things and lots of things going on and I and I do that very thing whereas I literally take a day maybe two days completely away from everything like my phone's away social media etc etc and I do things that I enjoy and I might be catching up with friends family going for a run um taking some pictures of my you know my camera just doing things that are you know well out of the way from working towards sponsorship goals etc and then I do that thing where I come back and then reflect and do like a lot of brain dump where I literally have a blank piece of paper write some positive thoughts on there and just literally get everything out of my head and that kind Mm. of time away allows my mind to just I don't know it seems to just sort of organize itself um in a weird kind of strange way so when I then visit it and actually start writing things down the the reflection is easier and I can just get it on paper quite easy and then I'm yeah good to shoot Mm. again yeah and I did this yesterday so working on this course is huge it's the biggest thing I've ever done in any of my businesses and as I like release more details about it, you'll see why. It's but it's, awesome. it, it's huge. And I spent four hours yesterday with Rose in, we went to um, this like country club place that we're members of. And we sat in this gorgeous like farmhouse pub style building with nice coffees. And we got away from our office, away from our normal environment. And we just brainstormed. It's like, what do we need to do to make this happen? Every single little, you know, detail of every task we wrote down. And it's my job today to kind of like put that into like a more formal plan. But taking that 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 step back from, oh, I'm creating a sales page and I'm talking to drivers and this is going to be amazing. And oh my God, we need to get sponsorship and we need to do this and this. Taking that step back and doing that planning in that way, even before I've, you know, put, put everything into a plan with tasks, I know exactly what needs to be done next. And I know what's going to be the most impactful thing. So it, it, it makes such a difference and even if you do on a small scale of just 10 minutes of writing down okay what do I need to, like what thing do I need to do to have the most impact that is gonna it, it's a game changer I promise 
Yeah, it really is like, yeah, massive. And and Jess and I talked about like things like um, Zelo journal um, books, mm. you know, they're really helpful to help you kind of explore your mind and actually get those things down. But yeah, Jess, I completely, completely with you that because it makes such a big difference. Mm. It just helps with that overwhelmness, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. Yeah. And, you know, let, let's talk about going for the easier wins as well, because I feel like a lot of people overcomplicate stuff. They go right to the top of the, you know, the business pyramid and go for like the biggest company they can think of asking for, you know, 10 grand to go race, you know, in a, in a club event. And it's just not going to work. They're not going to pay attention at that level. And you're making life harder for yourself. And I'm not saying it's impossible because it absolutely is not. And I know people that have succeeded here. But when you're building your confidence, it's not the easiest route to go down. There's a lot of work and they're the deals that take one, two, three years to turn around. Yeah. And I know you've got some experience with this, Toby. I know you've kind of worked out what's what are the easiest wins for you in the sponsorship journey as well. Yeah, I mean, this is very much kind of a reflection of my offerings for me to, to get easier wins because I've kind of realized where my niche lies and my niche is very important to kind of the, the success of all my sort of sponsorship and, and kind of where I've kind of carved my way out in motorsport. But what I've actually done is I've actually reflected a lot on kind of my offerings over the last two years and to look at actually where I can provide the most value. And for me at the moment, it tends to be kind of like B2B um, kind of networking and how I've carved myself out within my railway niche and obviously with the, the facility aspect. I find um, for me, easier wins lie in deals that can be done um, that are kind of business to business deals that can kind of complement each other because the companies that I'm talking to that can do deals between each other um, typically have very, very large deals. Um, and if I can help facilitate that, that helps me understand what value i can bring to those companies and actually it's really easy to demonstrate how i bring that value that value to that company and they see the value um so i've actually found that the kind of the deals i've done over the last year since, since the pandemic and um, when i really started planning this um probably about a year ago now um that's where i kind of found easier wins to get me on board with with the whole program and what that was really nice was, was it because that kind of looked after itself quite easily and that the the kind of format of how some of my sponsors work currently and how this this whole sort of format works it's actually quite easy and on time for me because there's not too much time commitment to actually make it work so they get the value and it's been incredible so far like it, the plans come together brilliantly for them and I'm, I'm so happy for them which actually has then made it a lot easier to look at kind of then the business to customer type sponsors that i've got so kind of like the race fan type type environment and that that kind of thing but because i've kind of concentrated on those easy wins to start with it took the pressure off on time and some of the, the kind of budget that i had to raise then i could then start looking more at the really specific type of sponsors that would maybe require a bit more time but potentially the growth of that, that company could be far greater and yeah taking that step back and looking at the easier wins to start with actually really was quite refreshing because it kind of freed up that mental capacity i had allowed me to really focus on kind of like delivering really good value to two sponsors and then it's all kind of like fit back together as this really cool like, entity and mm. i've got a nice kind of competitive sort of sponsorship group now you know team team trice the trice family however i kind of put it out there yeah we've got a really cool circle of sponsors now that all kind of some complement each other in one way and others complement each other in another way and it just really works and sort of going for that easier win to start with really helped me establish that it's been been fun to learn nice and actually this is all about stacking the deck in your favor yeah so like creating something for yourself that 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 works for you 
So uh, an example is if you're racing in, you know, some kind of electric series, whether that's like, you know, the total karting series, for example, if you're doing something like that, then it doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. You could go to automotive companies and motorsport companies, but you're stacking the deck more in your favor if you go to electric car companies or sustainability companies, especially yeah. if that's something you're interested in, or maybe it's part of your day job or whatever it might be. By creating something that plays into all of your strengths and your contacts, it's going to be so much easier to get sponsorship. So, you know, a, a lot of people think that sponsorship has to be this thing. They have to go to companies that have already sponsored people in the past, which typically are automotive and motorsport companies. But actually, they're not easy wins because there's so much competition. Hmm. So if you can go for the easy wins that, you know, it might be a local company, it might be something related to your job, it might be a niche that you're already in, it might be just something that where you have like some kind of connection and through through work through your interests through your personality your achievements whatever it might be again this is why niche is so important but if you can go for those easy wins especially at the beginning you're going to have way more confidence as you go further down the line and start really kind of pushing the the limits of of who you can approach and what what you can ask for because you'll have more social proof as well as more confidence yeah exactly yeah and and when we when we say easier wins what we actually really mean is is that usually that means that the ones that are easier to win sponsorship from are the ones actually you can provide the most value for um mm. because you're you're ticking off the box that you're within their niche you've got an expertise in it you understand that company you understand how how they operate you understand how you could benefit them um they're easier wins because there's so much there's so much you can deliver to that company and certainly my easier wins of sponsorships that i've won um for, for certainly this season are really because i've got an expertise in the field i understand how i can help that company so really it's an easy conversation to say look this is how this will work and this is how you'll benefit from it mm. <laughs> and and it gives you confidence like it it's it's quite simple and it might not seem it and um, certainly it wouldn't have done to me two years ago but right now I'm in a very confident mind, mindset and I really understand the, the offering and it is easier to get those kind of wins because you can offer great value. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's, I think that's a good point to kind of end on is that, you know, don't aim too high. Don't aim outside of your comfort zone. If that means starting small and it doesn't always, then, then do that. But as you build your confidence, you can go for the, the harder stuff, but often the easier wins are probably going to be more valuable anyway both you and the sponsor so just something to think about definitely today's been great jess i've really it's enjoyed this good. podcast yeah, today. So, I yeah. Too. but i really want to hear from from you guys um you know of your wins um and you know just to try and help inspire confidence among other drivers that perhaps aren't finding it so easy right now so yeah don't forget to join our facebook community group on the race and mental page because there you can share all of your successes all your wins and we can share and grow this community together and um yeah let's um let's all be awesome yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I just, just to add another really quick point. I think that being in a community like that is also a good way of building confidence because you'll see what other people are doing. You'll have other people building you up. And that's the main point of that Facebook group. So even if you just lurk, come, come join us because it is a, a super valuable place to be. But I, I often post threads asking people to share their wins and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that. So you can just search on Facebook for racing mentor sponsorship community and you'll find us. Yeah. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much everyone for listening. We will see you in a couple of weeks time. Take care everyone.